and their place. Thank God for mercy and for grace. I hope you've got a time and a place where God extended His mercy and extended His grace to you. If not, well, the time and place could be this morning. Amen. I love it. Hey, I got something to read real quick before we get, get the message. And uh, I'll do that real fast. It says, uh, Your kind and thoughtful expression of sympathy is deeply appreciated and gratefully acknowledged. It said, Thank you for the kindness. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, this is the Catherine Harmon family. So remember them in our thoughts and prayers. Also, be thinking about something Wednesday night. Going to bring this up, uh, Lord willing, Wednesday. I was going to do it this morning, but I feel like God's wanting me to move on, so we're going to do that. But Wednesday night, uh, the uh, children over at Ebenezer said that we could uh, get Amazon cards for them. So everybody know what an Amazon card is? Yeah, I know, maybe. It's just a card basically with some money on it, and those kids can get some gifts uh, from Amazon that they want to get. Uh, be thinking about that. We'll bring it up. Bring it up again Wednesday night. We got time, right? And we got time. So, uh, be thinking about that. Those kids don't uh, get gifts like like our kids do. So, uh, it'd be a blessing to them. All right. Anybody got a word on your heart? Amen. Anybody got a song on your heart? Amen. If not, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number twenty-five. Matthew chapter number 25. No, it's been stated, lean not unto thine own understanding. i got to be real honest with you this morning. God give me a thought and I've been leaning on my own understanding all week long. God, why? God, why? God, why? I think God knows exactly why. Matthew 25. You found your place. Uh, please stand out of reverence, out of respect to God's Word. Matthew 25. Verse number 1 through verse number 13. Thou said this, very familiar text, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels, with their lamps. Notice that. They took it in their vessels. Amen. The Bible said then. And at midnight there was a cry made. Verse number 6. Behold the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise. Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. But he answered saying. Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in to meet him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Let's read verse number 10 again. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. And the door was shut. Let's pray. 
Lord, most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. God, I do want to thank you again for your mercy, for your grace. God, I'm glad this morning that when you shut the door, I know where I'll be. Uh, Father God, I pray this morning, Father, if there's one here under the sound of our voice today, God, that don't know, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd prick that heart. God, I pray that you'd touch as only you can. Father, I love you. I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think we're standing to be seated. Let me a little bit lengthy the introduction this morning. Uh, this is what God would have us to do. So before we get started, I do want to give you some history on the book of Matthew that I haven't given you before. Some of it I have. And I want to get into the context of our scripture this morning because I think before we get into a message, it's good to know what the Bible's talking about. Friend, we are gathered here this morning to learn not what man thinks, but to learn what God thinks. Amen. And it's here this morning as we come to the book of Matthew that you and I come to a very familiar text in the Word of God. And if you've been saved very long, I'm sure that you've heard this preached on uh, several times and in many different ways. But at any rate, as you and I come to this book of Matthew... We know the author of the book this morning is Matthew himself. Now, if you study out the life of Matthew, you'll understand that mercy and grace is a great thing. So it's as we come to this book of Matthew, I've said many times, we know that Matthew was a saved man. Well, how do we know that? God chose holy men of God this morning to write the precious Word of God. Amen. And we know that because the Bible said in 2 Peter 1 and 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God moved. Amen. And God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Well, it is Matthew who wrote this gospel this morning. But he wrote this gospel as he was moved by the Holy Spirit of God. So we see the Holy Spirit of God and we see Matthew working together to write unto us a gospel. Amen. Alright, so as most of us know this morning, we also know that it is the Holy Ghost of God that wrote this book. The Holy Ghost of God has given us a King James Bible. And I thank God for that. And we know that holy men of God wrote it because God said so. God is not going to take something that is unholy and write a holy book. Amen. He took saved men and wrote us the Word of God. Now let me say this. All these other perversions of what we what people call a Bible is not written by holy men of God. There's one lady who is over the NIV the writing of that, and she is a lesbian. I'm telling you, the Bible said plainly that that is an abomination unto God. God took holy men and give us a Bible. I say praise God for that. Well, anyhow, as we look at the author of this Gospel this morning, we also know that Matthew was not always a holy man. Thank God for mercy and thank God for grace. Alright, Matthew was a person just like you and I were. And uh, before we got saved and even after we got saved, there are times that we're not so holy if we're honest this morning. But at any rate, this man named Matthew, before he got saved, he held the office of a tax collector. And the Bible said in Matthew 9 and verse number 9, and as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. 
Jesus passed by Matthew's way one day. An old dirty tax collector. And I will say this again. If God can save a tax collector, then God can save anybody. I don't like tax collectors again. But if God can save a tax collector, I'm pretty sure God can save the drunk. If God can save a tax collector, I'm pretty sure God can save a dope man. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, God can save you if you're sitting here, if you're lost without God, and if you've never been saved. God can, God can, God can save you. Amen. Well, I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, actually, I just said it, but I'm going to say it again anyhow. If God can save a tax leader, He can save you. The Bible says, is anything too hard for God? Nothing. It's too hard for the Lord. Well, Matthew, right now, because of Jesus, is up in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. He led captivity captive, and Matthew is with him. All right, and if you're here and if you're saved, or if you're lost, I'll say this God can take you out of whatever you're in and put you on the solid rock. Amen. If you're saved this morning out in mischief, God gets you right again. Not saved again. Saved happens one time. Alright, so I'm glad to be able to say, you can have a soul if you're lost that'll never die. I'm telling you, friend, heaven can be made your home this morning. Hey, friend, but all you got to do is trust in Him and follow Him like Matthew did in the Word of God. Well, Matthew done all that. But listen, friend, when God shuts the door for you, where are you going to be? Think about it. Where are you going to be? Are you ready to meet God with what you've got? It'll be heaven or it'll be hell. There is no purgatory. There is no in between. It'll be heaven or it'll be hell. Are you ready to meet God with what you've got? If you're not, I get ready. Well, it's here as we come to Matthew chapter 25. You and I are going to see a parable in which Jesus Christ is speaking here this morning. And as you and I come to this parable, I also want to say this. This parable has been so misused in our day and in our time. Uh, so let's try our best to look at it in its context. We'd be better off to take the Word of God and rightly divide the Bible the way God had written it down. Alright, so we understand this part of Matthew 25 is not a parable that has the church in mind. The church is nowhere in Matthew 25. Okay, it is dealing with Israel. We must understand that before we make an application. Now, as I preach on the thought God's given me, I want to make some applications from the Scripture, but we're going to rightly divide it first, alright? So as I said a moment ago, this parable is for the nation of Israel. So, the, uh, for the nation of Israel, is that parable of the ten virgins this morning that is dealing with that as far as I can tell with Israel, not the church. Well, look with me here in verse number 1. We'll see this. Alright, we see this word, the bridegroom. And what that pictures for you and me this morning is that we'll notice these ten virgins who were Israel came forth to meet the bridegroom who's Lord Jesus Christ. So, these ten virgins do not represent the church of God. They do represent the nation of Israel. And also what we need to understand while reading these verses as well is that we need to know the Jews were not invited to the rapture. Alright? They were invited to the reception. Remember that. Keep that in your mind. These Jews here were not invited to the rapture. 
They were invited to the reception. Read your Bible. So to understand this, we must understand. In Bible times, a bridegroom would first go to his bride's house. Who's the bride? This morning, all right? Then he would conduct her into his home. And then after they went to his home, they'd go to the wedding feast. Now listen, it's here in our text this morning. If we take it as context, we must realize the bridegroom here is already with Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Now I know you've got to take it and understand it and read it. All right? So the church is now with the bride in our text. And the call is now going out to Israel here to join in on the procession. And that is after the rapture of the church has taken place in Matthew 25. Alright, with that on our minds, we see in our text, uh, we see those virgins who are willing and who are ready to meet the bridegroom. And who's ready to meet the bride. So who's the church? The bride's the church. And those Jews will meet the bride. When that time does come. You read that carefully. I believe you'll see that. So those Jews that had the oil. Represent the ones that were saved. In that tribulation period. Those Jews that were scattered. And now have been brought abroad. That's going to take place in the tribulation period. And now Jesus Christ is calling them up there. Alright. So those Jews had the oil. Represents those that are saved. They'll not be the church. Okay. Because the church is in heaven. Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not going to fall out with you if you think I'm wrong. And I'm not going to fall out with you either. Amen. We're just going to go on. Alright, that's that's how I feel. And sometimes we interpret things how we feel in the Bible. Alright. So the thing we do see here is just like in our day. There will be some who have the oil. And there will be some who do not. Amen. To look at that, let's read verses 2 through 5. The Bible said, and five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, in this parable, we see the word oil is mentioned. Okay, the word oil is symbolic of the Holy Ghost of God. And as we look at these ten virgins, we'll see that in many ways, these virgins are alive. Listen to this. We see that they all have lamps, do we not? They all have lamps. Uh, we see that they all set out to meet the same person, the bridegroom. We see they all fall asleep, so they look alike. So outwardly this morning, these virgins all look the same. May I say to you this morning, there's many people on a church view who look the same. We act like we are all set out to meet the same bridegroom. But there is some in the church of our day who do not have something on the inside of them. And friend, when their door gets shut, it's going to be too late for them. Hear me well. Do you have the old or do you not? There's a lot of phonies. There's a lot of lookalikes. There's a lot of fakes. Hey friend, the time is coming. That the Lord is going to shut the door. So here's these wise virgins who have oil in their lamps. And oil in their vessels. You see the difference there is that the oil is in the lamp. But the oil is not in the vessel. Oh my. Well, what do you mean preacher? Look at this. These foolish virgins have oil only in their lamps. They do not have it in their vessel. Oh my friend, I studied this and as we look at this, you'll see the lamps. What do they symbolize? I believe they symbolize the Word of God. Does Psalm 119 and verse 105 not say, Thy Word is a lamp 
under my feet and a rag under my path. Well, the lamp is a picture of the Word of God. So the oil is in the lamp. Is it not? The oil is the Holy Ghost of God who we'll find all throughout the Word of God. But the problem is that the oil of the lamp was not applied to those five foolish virgins' lamps. All right? Now, each of those virgins had the lamp. Did they not? All of them had it. They knew the lamp was necessary to use. It had to give light. So yes, the oil was in the lamp. The oil is in the Word of God. But the oil will not do you any good until the oil gets applied to your heart and to your life. Amen, friend. The Holy Ghost of God is in the Word. You can see it between the pages. But it will never do you any good until the Holy Ghost of God gets applied to your heart and gets applied to your life until you get anointed with that oil and it runs from your head to your toes and washes your sin away. Thank God. I'm glad this morning I've been washed by the oil. Have you? Amen. Well, anyhow, the oil not do you any good till it's put in the vessel. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse number 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. Uh, that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and none of us. Hey, friend, all these virgins start out with the oil in their lamp. Now, this cannot picture a time of people that got saved and people that did not. Because you can't lose the oil. I know I've heard it preached that way a lot. But all these virgins start out with the oil in their lamp. Alright? But now this morning, we see that their lamps go out. And it's not because the problem of the lamp. But the problem is that they neglected the lamp in the Word of God. And for that very reason in our day, many people tote the lamp around with them. But they neglect what it says in the Word of God. And they get pricked in their heart and they neglect it. This thing don't run out of wool. Don't run out of wool. But boy, here in the Word of God, they neglected that lamp. Amen. It's here we see the Holy Spirit is available. Only some had it and some did not. May I say to you this morning, I believe that there are a lot of people sitting on church pews who look like Christians, who talk like Christians, who act like Christians, but they do not have the oil. Very, very sad. Even in a little mountain church preacher, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But I want you to know before you leave the building. Amen. So we see that. Then we see there's a cry in verses 6 through 10. The Bible said in those verses, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and for you. But go ye rather to them that sail and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. What we see here is five foolish go out to buy. And what they've done is they wasted their time. Friend, they were looking for something that money could never buy. Lots of folks are looking for something that money can't ever buy. I'm telling you this morning, there's something that money cannot ever give you and that money cannot ever buy. It is salvation full and free, paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What they were looking for down there at the market, I don't ever see where they bought it because it wasn't there. But we see all that. 
Then I think the context of our scriptures is, and you can disagree if you want to, we ain't going to fall out. But what I think we have here is that we have Jesus Christ coming back with the church. For those who got saved, those Jews during the tribulation period, they said, hey, they realized what they done. Which for those who had not heard the gospel. I believe again that these people at this particular place in our text were Jews. But at any rate, we see that uh, some had the old and some did not. They looked alike, but they were not all the same. Well, that's what happened then. And that's also what will happen when Christ comes back to get His bride. There's going to be some people who look like Christians that are not. What a sad time. Well, these things on my mind, I want to preach on this thought. When God shuts the door. The Bible says in verse number 13, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. May I say to you, Jesus Christ is coming back. And you need to be ready to go. With these things on my mind, I'll give you three thoughts God's given me. We're going to go to the house and we're going to eat some biscuits and gravy and some chicken. Amen. But listen, number one this morning, I see the man that was met. Number two this morning, I see the people that will meet him. And number three, I see the person met right now. Well, let's look verse number. Uh, let's look number one at the person that was met. Well, the Bible said in verse number one, "Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lambs and went forth to meet the bridegroom." This man in our text who was met this morning. Well, it just so happens this man is not like any other man that you and I could ever meet in life this morning. We've met good men. We've met bad men. We've met all kinds of men. We've met uh, men that want to work. We've met sorry men that don't. We've met all kinds of men. But this is a man which you and I cannot see right now except by faith. Amen. He's a man this morning, you and I, that are saved. Yes, we know that he's there for us. And uh, as a matter of fact, not only do we know he's there, he's everywhere. He's the God man, Jesus Christ. He's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. My friend, I'm telling you, he's the God of the valley. Amen. He's the God in the hill. I'm telling you this morning, that man that was written in our text is the one and the only true God. And he's everywhere. He's the one that left behind for us the comforter with a capital C. Hey, friend, I've got him everywhere I go. He walks with me and talks with me. A long life, a long life's narrow way. Busy with you this morning. Have you got the oil or an imitation? Amen, Priya. This man that was met this morning is the one who gives us grace to carry on every day. I'm telling you, the Bible said, Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. That's the man that was met. And we're all going to meet him one day. Well, friend, this man that was met is Christ Jesus who will one day come back to get his bride. I'm glad one day the eastern sky is going to part and Christ is coming back with a shout. Hallelujah, friend. I believe it's getting close, don't you? Boy, I can look at the sky and just see it apart in one of these days. Hey, friend, but whenever he comes, will you have the old? Will you have it? I can't wait to see his nail pierced hands and where they pierce him in the side. And out forth come blood and water. Hey, friend, what he done is he purchased his bride with his blood. And we're going to see him one of these days. Child of God, we're going to meet Jesus. As a matter of fact, we're going to be like him. Hey, look like him. 
Hey, I, I believe this morning he could be everywhere at one place at one time. And so will we. The Bible said we'll be lacking. We may not even have to open up the door. We can probably just fall on through it. Oh, friend, what a day it's going to be. Amen. Hey, if man were to look on Christ in this natural body, though, our minds could not contain it. I believe we'd explode. Brother Shane told me that one time. I agree with him. But listen, the Bible said in Exodus 33 and verse number 20, while Moses is in the mouth, the glory of the Lord passed by. And this is what God said. And He said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Well, when you and I meet this man, Amen. We'll know that we will be alive forever. And this will be fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 15 and 54. Where the Bible says, So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption. Amen. I'm having a good time. Then shall be brought to pass the same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Hey friend, our mortal body won't be alive. But I'm glad our glorified one will. And we're going to see Christ and look Him in the face. Hug His head. Bow His feet. And praise Him. I'm telling you what a day it's going to be. Oh my. I believe we can just fly away this morning and be fine with me. We're going to shout. We're going to sing. Every Baptist in the house is going to drop the head and be the one to shout and sing that ain't never shouted for in their life. You know why? Because all flags will be dropped off. Hey, friend, won't be holding us back no more. He's coming back some sweet day. And for the child of God, it's going to be sweet. A friend, listen, it's at the wedding that nobody cares about the man. Am I right? Us men, we got married. They didn't care about us standing up there. But boy, when the bride came, the door slammed open. Everybody stands at attention. And they look at the bride. And then all of a sudden, the tears begin to flow from their eyes. Hey, mom and daddy, they're, they're, I'm sure, probably have mixed emotions. Some of probably mad. I can't believe that he's going to live. But there won't be none of that mess that day. And the angels will stand at attention. This is Nathanology, by the way. I believe the angels will stand at attention. And they'll say, look out, boys. The door's been open. And here comes the bride. Nobody will care about nothing but the bride of Christ coming to the Lord Jesus who purchased him with his own blood. Friend, what a day. Oh, friend, ain't you excited about it? But if you're here and if you're not ready to meet Him, then now is the time to hearken. Hey, friend, the Bible said here in verse number 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. I've heard lots of people tell me, I've been preached on for years. It has. That means we're that much closer to His coming back. Amen. Well, you go ahead and take your chance if you want to. I don't believe I would. The Bible said in Revelation 13, 16, and 17, And He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Friend, we already have a microchip in our debit cards, do we not? And all they have to do is tap the microchip. And they go, sir, look, it's handy for us. Amen. I, I use it religiously because I just tap it and go. But one of these days, there's going to be something in the hand and in the forehead. Amen. Amen. And it's going to be a day in time when folks are going to be scared to leave the house. How are they going to buy a selling trade? Well, a little thing I believe called cell phone. And all you have to do is tap your
your hand across it and or scan your forehead. I believe that. I might be wrong, but I believe that. And we can do that setting from the very comforts of our home. And then all the ones took the mark of the beast. They ain't gonna make it. The door will be shut there too. We see it, and we see this world gearing to a one world government, one world religion. We see it every day. And for the Bible said this, though, in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 11, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, and they shall believe a lie. That lie is whatever the Antichrist wants them people to believe. They'll believe it. Amen. I don't know what they're going to think about when the church is going away, but I know they ain't going to understand because they're going to be under strong delusion. Amen. I, they might even think we were abducted by aliens. I don't know, and I don't care because I ain't going to be here. If you're here and if you're lost without God, if Christ comes back right now, the door will be shut. You understand what I'm saying? The door will be shut. And then it'll be too late for you to walk through the door. You say, preacher, what's your preaching's hogwash? I wouldn't wait to find out. I would not wait. For the state of the earth and all that's going on. All that's going on in the tribulation period. You understand where we'll be? I like you. So this is where it gets good. We pulled up at the table at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Eating with the master friend, this man that was met's the bridegroom. Now let's look at something else. Well, we've looked at the man that was met. Now, number two, at the people who will meet him. The Bible said in verses three through six. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. We see this morning this parable. We see the wise and the foolish both meet Christ. Do they not? They both met the bridegroom. Just like they met him. All are going to meet Christ one day. The Bible said in Romans 14, 11 through 12, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. I'm telling you, if you're here, if you're sitting under the sound of my voice, and if you have never been saved, one of these days you are going to meet Jesus Christ and you will give an account of yourself to God. Hey, are you ready to meet Him with what you got? Mm. Are you ready to meet Him? Preacher, I'm unsettled. Leave settled this morning. Are you ready to meet Him with what you've got? These five foolish thought they were ready till they got there and they had oil in their lamp. And then he said, Depart from me. When you meet Jesus, you bid this world goodbye, there'll be no excuses. Romans 1 and 20, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without an excuse. You can see God when you look at the sun. There'll be no excuses. Well, that went over good. My mind pictures a bunch of people as they stand before God. And when they're there, someone will say, Lord, I, I've been a good person. Lord, I, I've been good to my family. Lord, I, I've been good to my friends. Lord, I, I've been good. Maybe so. Hell's full of a bunch of good people. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? If you don't have the oil, 
going to make it. The only thing that will matter on that day is if your name has been written down in the Lamb's foot the last day and you repented of your sin and turned it all over to Christ. By grace through faith. Listen to me. I don't care if you've come to an altar and professed that you got saved. Do you possess it? Do you have it? Oh, these, these, these foolish ones with the lamp, they said, oh, we've got the oil in our lamp. Yeah, we're good to go. And then they get there and they said, no, the oil's not there. Do you profess it or possess it? Possessing something means to have in your position. Now, if I state, make this statement that I have my Bible, and it's over here, it's not my position. If you, if you profess that you've got the Holy Ghost to God, but you ain't never been saved, it is not in your position. I don't care if you've come to an altar. I don't care what you've said in your life. If He is not in you, then you ain't got Him. Amen. Amen. How do you get Him, preacher? By grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You come and ask God to save you. Amen. Fall on your face and tell God you're sorry. Repent of your sin and ask Him. And the Bible said He will. That is simple salvation. I'm this old country boy like deer hunting. I like it simple. As simple as it can be. Boy, it's simple. If you know what one plus one is, you can be saved. It's pretty simple. Well, those verses here read this. That door reminds me of the door of an ark. Amen. Where the Bible says in Genesis 7, verses 16 through 17. And they that went in, male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. We all know about Noah's ark. The Bible said the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased to bear up the ark, and it was left above the earth. Well, what happened next is Noah and his family went into the ark, the door was shut, the ark speaks of security, and Lord Jesus Christ, and the whole time they're out there on the water, their family is saved, but the ones that are left behind are banging on the door and scratching at the door, and they're saying, Lord, Lord, let me in. Hmm. What a sad day when people are in hell and they're screaming, Lord, Lord, let me in. And in hell it's too late. You can scratch and you can dig and, and you can do all that you want to do. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. There's folks in hell this morning that are down there screaming like a rich man again. Hey, go send somebody to my five brethren and tell them about Jesus before it's too late. And here they are at the door of this ark, Noah's ark. I can see them scratching as the water comes up to their knees. Noah preached on the rain for 120 years and nobody believed Noah. Man, God preached about the coming back Lord Jesus Christ and nobody believes. But oh, one day, when they're up to their knees in sin, it's going to be too late. They've heard the gospel. And then can you imagine the people in the ark as the water come up to their neck and as they're screaming and hollering for the Lord to give them one more chance, the door's been shut and they can't get in. And as they're hollering, the water's steaming in their mouth and it's too late. Oh, friend, if you're lost, you ain't got to stay that way. The problem with all the waiting and making fun, they made fun of Noah as they walked by and said, look at this one we're on. 
He's built us new armor. And it ain't never rain, it ain't gonna rain. Folks are doing the same thing today. The Lord's not coming back. They've preached for a hundred and some years, thousands of years. Yeah, He is. He's coming back. Then at that time, they'll be just like the people who tried to go in the ark, but the door was shut. The Bible said in John 10, 7 through 9. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Hear me well. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastor. Preacher, what do you mean? When Jesus Christ hung there on the cross, one hand was down on this side and the other hand was down on this side. And this morning, here he is. He's wide open the door. And all you've got to do is step through and call on him to save him by his grace. The door's still open. He is the door. The only way you'll get saved is through Christ. It's not what I did. And if you're saved on what you did, you ain't saved. you got to be saved on what He did. Amen. What did He do? He died for you. So you wouldn't have to go to hell. But friend, one of these days, the door is going to be shut. If you're here and if you've heard the gospel, you've heard enough gospel today, you say, Preacher, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to put it off. Let me tell you something. You're not guaranteed another moment or another second. So many folks, the devil has made wait and the chance never came again. One man stood up at a tent meeting one time. He told God he didn't want nothing to do with it. God was dealing with his heart. He'd come back under the tent and then he'd say, no, God. He said, I'm trying to tell no, God, I don't want nothing to do with you. He said, leave me alone. This man still sits in churches today begging God for one more time. One more time. I don't know if the Lord's going to give him another time or not. But I'm telling you, if you've got breath this morning, the door of grace stands open. And all you've got to do is walk through the door. The door... Is Lord Jesus Christ. Once you come through the door, He'll wash in His blood, He'll give you His Spirit, and you've got the oil. Amen. Amen. Just what are you waiting for? Well, we've looked at the man that was met. We've looked at all the people who meet Him. Now number three, at the bridegroom right now. The Bible said in verses five through six, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet Him. The bridegroom right now is on the right hand of God the Father. And he is waiting till God says, go get him. Go get him. That bridegroom's there. And friend, listen, he's not going to tarry his coming back. He's not. He knows the day and he knows the hour. The Bible said in Matthew 24 and 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. One of these days he's coming back. And for those that have the oil, there will help will be. Hallelujah. Have you got the oil? Are you ready to meet Jesus with what you have? Think about that. Let it seep in. Are you ready to meet with what you've got? The ones that didn't have the oil in the vessel are the ones who had to hear and say, Depart from me. I never knew you. Listen, friend, they all looked alike. They might have went to the same church. I don't even know if they went to church. Listen, 
They look like, they act like, but something inside the vessel was missing. I want to ask you the question this morning, is the oil in your vessel? Preacher, what's my vessel? Your vessel is your body, and Christ can live in it, but you've got to come through the door, and it's open this morning. Right over here is the door. God closed the door from the other side. And let's just say that it's locked this morning. I'm telling you, there's no way it's shut, it's closed, it's done, it's sealed. Jesus Christ is going to throw away the cake, and the door to all that heard will never, ever be opened again. Amen. It don't matter how much you scratch. It don't matter how much you knock. It don't matter how many times you break. It's going to be too. Amen. I say to you this morning, don't wait till it's too late. I don't know your heart. Are you ready for the door to be shut? Are you ready to meet Christ with what you've got? If you say, preacher, I'm not. Listen, don't get lifted up with pride. Humble yourself. Come to Ask him to save you. I believe you will. Because the Bible not say whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called? Do you possess him? Well, we see the people who are going to meet him. Every person on the earth is going to bow at the feet of Jesus. But here's the thing. Some of those that bow, after that are going to be thrown to the lake of fire. The others are going to go to heaven. Let's all stand, our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. It don't matter if you've made a profession, but do you have the position? Do you have it? Does he live in you? Are you saved? I want to ask you this question. Are you ready to meet the Lord with what you've got? Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, serious. Saved person, if Jesus were to come back right now, let me ask you this, would Jesus be proud of what you've been for Him? We're all going to meet Him. We're all going to give an account. And I know for you coming to the altar would mean that you'd have to admit that you've done something wrong. Well, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. There ain't one of us live like we should for Him. There's not a one. Has he shown you some things that you need to work on before he comes back? If he has, why don't you come tell him? Why don't you come tell him about him? He knows. Do you need to move? Jesus Christ is coming back one of these days. And at that time, the door will be shut. Lost person, are you ready to meet Jesus? If you've never been saved, once the door is shut, it'll be too late for you. What a sad day. You'll be crying in hell then, begging God for one more chance to be saved. There's no second chances in hell. Listen, if the devil can keep you on the pew, that's exactly what he wants to do this morning. That's exactly what he wants. There's people crying in hell this morning, begging God for one more chance. Listen, God gave you a chance this morning. And if you're here and if you're lost, would you come to this altar? Would you come? You say, preacher, I'm not ready to meet Jesus with what I've got. Well, would you come? Would you get saved? All of us that saved had to make the walk at some point in time. What about you this morning?
listen, he's going to shut the door one day and it'll be too late. Are you ready to meet him? If you're lost, would you come? Would you come? Does anybody need to move? He's coming back someday. Door's going to be shut. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, preacher, God showed me a thing or two. And I just want you to pray for me. I'll not come to you. I'll not embarrass you. I wouldn't do that for nothing, but I will pray for you. You say, preacher, I'm here. I've never been saved. Please pray for me. Would you slip up your hand? Preacher, pray for me. I'm lost. there be a hand anywhere. Anybody anywhere. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, I just want to thank and praise you for all your many blessings on my life. God, I'm thankful that when the door gets shut, I know, God, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll be with you. And Father, I'm grateful for that. And God, I pray if there's one here lost this morning that don't know, God, I pray that you'd save their soul before it's everlasting and eternally too late. God, I just love you, Father. I thank you. That God, just know one of these days I'm going to be in your presence. I'm going to be with you. Father God, I'm glad I'm going to see you. Father, I pray this morning for those that uh, maybe not even in church this morning, God, those that are lost. Father, I pray that you'd please be with them. God, we just want folks to go with us to heaven. And Father God, we just love you. We thank you. Father God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.